Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Uh, Emily is zooming down the highway on her way here right now. She'll be here momentarily. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you as always for making your way here, checking out the series. Uh, I do hope while you're hanging around, you hit that subscribe button. Uh, I put out three new interviews every single week. So if you like this one, uh, there's plenty more on the way as well. You get a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with your favorite artist and discover some new ones. You can do so at uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, Red Circle, Audible, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And that's me, I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, talking with uh, Emily Hines and James Shaw of the band Metric. We're going to be uh, discussing their brand new record, Formentera. It's the band's eighth album, and um, uh, we're going to get into how they used a travel book as a ways to escape during lockdown, inevitably influencing the journey within the songs, learning that they're not in total control and finding the ways of letting go, and creating the epic Doom Scroller. James is also going to tell us about taking some inspiration from Johnny Marr while Emily recounts the time, uh, their time with uh, composer Howard Shore and if they plan to do any more film scores in the future. So let's get into it. We're talking Formentera. It's Kyle Meredith with Metric. Hi. It's great to see you both. You've got a brand new album. Uh, Formenta? Am I saying that right? Formenta? Formentera. Formentera. You know, I, I I missed the R. You need, so, need it in there. You got to have it in there. Uh, every time you all put out a record, I'm blown away by it. And this is no different right here. Uh, it's such it's such kind of an amazing journey that you're taking us on uh, throughout this. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it, to me as a listener, it almost sounds like it has a big story arc to it. Are Do you find that there are, are puzzles that you're trying to solve while you're while you're doing an album like this yeah i mean it starts as like nothing and then it turns into like the biggest widest painting of everything and then it gets cut into a million puzzle pieces and then it gets completely scrambled and we have to put it all back together (laughs) so yeah i like i like the puzzle metaphor that that works i mean it was like you know there was a point in 2020 early 2021 where we were making this music and we were kind of thinking to ourselves like you know, maybe we should be not focusing on like making a pandemic record and and like how can we make it not a pandemic record and an end of a, you know, a return to normal kind of record and blah, blah, blah. and then it kind of turned into, okay, there's no such thing as a not pandemic anything. Like you have a sandwich now and it's a pandemic sandwich. You know? <laughs> it's like it affected every single part of the entire planet and everyone's ethos and being and thought process. So 
um yeah we were just trying to deal with the reality of planet earth you know for the last couple of years and there's no way it wasn't going to make it into all the music uh, emily for you what is the story that you end up wanting to tell uh, on this record and 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 maybe to to what destination uh well i think you, you know uh we're big believers in album sequence minor obsession second only to set list sequence um but so you know we really advocate that you should definitely listen to the album in the sequence that we put it together. I think that Adele moment was huge when she, you know, got the shuffle turned off as the default on Spotify. But so um, in this case, it's it's really a matter of like stacking up the tension and anxiety at the beginning of the album. So certainly like the beginning of Doom Scroller, we're just going right in and trying to address um, a lot of these like unarticulated emotions and the confusion and isolation of the time that we've just been in. Um, but as you move through the album, you know, the first three tracks, it's really addressing all those things. And then you get sort of washed into Formentera with the street, the Budapest orchestra, um, taking you away into this sort of mental getaway. You know, if you can't physically go, which was really the inspiration, um, you know, I should show you the book. I have it right here. But like it was the idea that we can't physically escape, but we can go to a place in our minds. I'm going to get the book. Get the book. When when we were making this record, we were like we had this that coffee table in the in the control room on the other side of those panels, and um, and we had this book open that was like these destinations that you could go, you know, dream destinations kind of thing. But like in a more sort of beautiful coffee table way than like you know travel and leisure magazine. A thousand and one escapes to make before you die. Right, and. Um, and we opened it on day one to this page. Well, because the idea was we were really in the, like, you know, lockdown was hard for everyone, but in Canada, it was very intense um, because of, I think, the weather. For those of us who endured a cold climate during that time, it, I think it really heightened the sort of mental health uh, problems. So there was a day when we were like, we're, we're cracking up. Um, let's look in this book and see, we'll just, maybe every day we'll turn to a different page and we'll just in our minds be transported. And this is where we turn to is Formentera. Beautiful. And just the, the the way it's described, it's just like, oh, the gentle lapping of the waters of the Mediterranean. Like, and then that day with this book open, I went to that piano there and Jimmy went with Liam to like the modular synthesis. They get the patches out to like express an emotion, you know, um, in that way. And the song was born um, in that moment. So later on, we discovered that was really the anchor and and point of the album because we're like sort of obsessed with usefulness like the function of this record for people who want to listen to it is that ideally it gives you that sense of you can close your eyes and kind of be taken taken off to form and terra for a moment <laughs> yeah and at, at that moment in the record there's like a point of of release you know and and a point of letting go and i think one of the things that really happened to a lot of us over the last couple of years is that uh, whether we liked it or not, um, we learned to let go of what we thought we were in control of in our lives. And we learned that we're not in control of very much. And uh, in some ways, that can be a very peaceful feeling, you know, because once you get past the fear of it, um, it's actually a, an easier way to live because the things that you thought you were in control of, you weren't anyway. It was a false sense. And uh, there's a lot of freedom in the feeling of the loss of control, if you can get past the fear. And so the front, front half of the album is a lot about losing um, that sense 
and fearing it. And in the end of Formentera, there's a moment where you actually kind of let go or it, more accurately, you bear witness to Emily letting go. And uh, and then the rest of the record really just kind of, you know, falls into a, a sense of freedom and, and exaltation and, um, and sort of an, an enlightenment, if you will, you know? And you can feel it. Like you, you, the sequencing, by the way, is so well laid out. It's so perfect on this journey for it to be an obsession. Uh, I can tell the care that's taken in there anyway. But that darkness at the beginning, I mean, that is when, when you open the door to this record and you walk into it and suddenly that's what you get from Doom Scroller. It, you know, and I, I did start to think of because, I mean, yes, such an interesting term that I, you know, a lot of us are are guilty of. And I started thinking of like, but but hasn't that always been there? Even before the term, you know, as you're driving past the car wreck, you know, or or whatever it is, like we've sort of just dressed it up in different clothes, but but I don't know the animal that it's become, like it feels like a different animal. I don't, I don't know what was going through your head while you were doing that, but it does feel like its own beast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that the creation of that song was uh, really intriguing to me that we ended up where we did because, you, you know, I could understand if someone thought maybe we went into it with a conceptual idea of we want to do this big epic piece, but it really wasn't that. Um, it was just like very nose to the grindstone and like we felt there was such clarity in the in the scope of emotion that needed to be conveyed and the end kind of presented itself to us like so the first part was a piece of music that jimmy had composed with liam that um i i had one of the most uh clear-headed writing experiences i've ever had on that track where i just I, in the morning i was like i hear it i see it i have it i wrote it down told jimmy just set up the mic when you come to the studio right away and I recorded it and that is the vocal that's on the album, you know, two years later. It's like April, 2020 or something. And set it up the studio, meaning like my, in Emily's house. Yeah, my like downstairs floor. <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, that whole part, like the QAnon and like all this imagery and the uh, 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 like you're in this visual space. And then I felt as though that that needed to end with a sort of piano coda. So I composed this sort of short piece um, and presented that and Jimmy was like oh man this is this is great we got to expand this this feeling we need this this idea of like you take something for the pain you know the soothing of the pain comes from exposing it not from suppressing it which really is the through line on the album too right is this idea like that's how you feel better it's not by hiding it's by you know articulating um, so it's like oh man this is we got to develop this part and then it was like Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowell Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. 
And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you to get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Like there's this other feeling we want. And hence the idea of this huge euphoric, like almost like Brit pop guitar ending. And then we're like, yeah, okay. And then we're just kind of waiting. Like, is there another section? Like there could have been if we felt like it still was something needed to be handled, but we felt what, you know, when you get to those last chords on the acoustic guitar and the little blips are kind of still there, which Pirellis was like, it's almost like the trolls are still there. Uh, we were like, okay, phew, it's done. And that's when we realized it was 10 and a half minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sets you guys up for, you know, you want to do the rock opera. I mean, the Who started with a quick one, you know, as, as sort of a, a similar piece. So, you know, your Tommy could be just around the corner at this point. It's it looks true. like <laughs> pinball wizard. I, I ain't scared. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Kyle Meredith with Metric. I like that you brought up Britpop too, Jimmy. I think you were talking in um, I don't know, some interview online or maybe, but what what feels like eternity? You said leaning into your Johnny Marr moments right there. I mean, he for me, it's he was like a huge reason that I started playing guitar. The way that I started playing guitar, you know, when I was young, I just uh, I I moved to New York and I was living with a with a friend of mine who was obsessed with the Smiths, and uh, we moved into this apartment. He had a futon and four thousand records, and and I think 2000 of them were Smith's albums you know? and, <laughs> and he just like, you know, pummeled the Smiths into my head. And uh, I just became obsessed with the way Johnny would play. He was, he, he had this unbelievable ability to do rhythm and lead at the same time. And he's kind of like the only guy that can do that. Like it's, he could has this, it's nobody else can do it. Keith kind of does it in his own way. Um, but Johnny, it's just so incredibly melodic 
And I became obsessed with playing guitar like that. And, and I've since sort of like gone other directions. Um, but that one was really like, I have to throw a major ode to John. And you've met him. I did meet because him. Because we played uh, with him with Social Scene. We did. We played in Manchester with him. Which was um, one of the weirdest experiences of a song having multiple uh, like lives. So Anthems for a 17-Year-Old Girl, which we wrote with Social Scene back, you know, 20 years ago now. Um played it in many different circumstances, but never could have imagined we would be playing it the day after that Ariana Grande terrorist uh, attack in Manchester, right? Where, and it was, the social scene show was the next day and it was one of those moments where they had to evaluate, you know, we don't have any role in the band in that way. We were just doing some gigs with them there and they're trying to evaluate the right thing to do respectfully, right? And in the end, the decision was made that they would play and, they persuaded Johnny to join, uh, Johnny Marr to join us on stage to play anthems for a 17 year old girl, which had a completely different meaning in the context of this. It was so crazy, but seeing you and Johnny. Um, yeah, Ke Kevin introduces me to out, out on the street and he's like, Jimmy, Johnny, Johnny, Jimmy. And I'm like a huge fan. He's like, huge fan. He's like, okay, that's weird. And, <laughs> um, and then we go inside and Kev's like, hey man, so we're going to open with anthems. Jimmy, could you just show Johnny how to play it? And I'm like, okay, that's just the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> so I pick up the guitar, Johnny picks up the guitar and I hit the first chord and Johnny goes, yeah, it's like this, like this, like this. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think you got it. And then the melody part and he's like, like that. I'm like, yeah, I, but what, what am I doing here? <laughs> he is so versatile. I've, I've had him on this show a few times and it's, it's always like the best interview because he, that knowledge is so deep with yeah. it. I mean, and now he's doing Bond themes, you know, it's, it's anyway. Great. Yeah. I just want him to win. He's I just, such a talented and yeah. such a sweet Lovely person. Yeah. 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 He's on the new Billie Eilish. That's him on the guitar on the Billie Eilish Bond theme. No way. So that's, oh, yeah. I know oh that. that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Him and Hans Zimmer, you know, credit to Hans Zimmer as okay. well. So she's choosing her date wisely. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you guys have got a record as well. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but there, you know, those moments on the, those musical moments, you know, talking about the title track, I mean, the, the bass and the keys and the way they're going on and they're absolutely perfect. And the way the strings just become menacing by the end of it, like, like what, what's going on, you know, visually there, because it sort of just all melts away, you know? I mean, the, the orchest orchestration was done by um, Todor Kobakov, who is a longtime friend who worked on my solo albums with me way back. And he's he's literally looks like the part of like, oh, you wouldn't happen to be like a Bulgarian composer, composer would you? He's like, yes, I am at your service. <laughs> so when we had the revelation that Formentera was going to be the sort of part of the record, which was also a very weird process of kind of like psychic consensus where I work really closely with this visual artist, Justin Broadband. We come up with all these concepts and art direction and stuff together. And he'd been listening to all, all the songs, like, you know, and we still weren't sure like the name of the album, what's the title, what's the what's the centerpiece. And he separately from us at like the same times, like it's gotta be Formentera. This is the visual, this is the idea, this is the meaning. Like he, he had the same revelation. And so when that happened, Jimmy was like, I hear what needs to happen. We need to anchor Formentera and Enemies of the Ocean in an orchestral piece that connects them in the center as the heart of the record. And I was like, whoa, totally. And then classic form, Jimmy's just like, great. It's called Todor. Todor's like immediately gets it done. And then, you know, in a very short period of time, we're doing a live cast with the Budapest Art Orchestra, 
who actually had lunch with Howard Shore, since we're talking about film on Zimmers of the world, but we've worked with Howard Shore before on film work and had lunch with him. And I mentioned that we worked with the Budapest Art Orchestra and he was like, oh, I work with them all the time. They're great. I was like, really? What are the chances? Um, so so that's that was how that came together. And I know what you mean, that menacing piece, because that was Jimmy's vision was that when Formentera ends, that you that you have this feeling of it's kind of like winding down and collapsing and falling apart, and then you ramp it right back up with uh with enemies. So it's a cool moment on the record. And it's it's nice actually because that's where the vinyl cut is. So Formentera is on side A. And it all goes to the falls apart, and then the next side B starts with enemies. Going, oh, cool, yeah, perfect, yeah. That that and and you and and uh, film composers, what Cosmopolis? I know it's been yeah, what, like a decade since you guys did that, right there. Like, dude, some of that again one day. I hope that's in you all again. Some more film scoring. That's fun. I, I think it's in us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> see that come around there too um and i think i could just keep going on and on about every single track on here because i know it it all tells its own unique story and it's so like i was thinking that you know for a lot of us the last couple of years so much of it i think our brain just tries to forget you know to push away like you know we had those it's like oh god did we did that we did that happen and something about this record almost helps me remember those markers and not in a bad way i mean that in a, in a really good compliment you know like it's it's really really well done so i just can't compliment you guys enough on what you're doing here and i really can't wait to see it live as well I'm glad that's translating because that is what we talked about was like how do we like you know again on like being useful like how do we recognize it acknowledge it and and make it a process of getting past it not dwelling on it you know, that's, and I'm really pleased that that's your impression. And that seems to be like the response we're getting. It's not like dragging you back in, like, believe us, we don't, we, that's the last place we want to go, you know, but it's like, like so many things in life, you don't actually get free of them by suppressing them. You get free of them by being able to articulate them. And then you're, and then you're free, you know, but what a crazy time. And so I think the fact that it's like, so was so solitary for everyone, like, so reading a piece saying this, you know, that there is no national monument to like, you know, the million lives and counting that have been lost in the US alone, like, but it's because everyone got so removed from one another and things are so polarized that that's, it, it doesn't feel like a collective um, moment. It feels mm -hmm. like the opposite. It's like it fractured everything yeah, as opposed it, to it, being something it, we all went through. It's And it it's doesn't weird. feel like being in the unity business is, uh, is, <laughs> it's is not. It's not a high paying business at this point, but you know what? We're going to stay in it. That's so. right. That's our purpose. <laughs> well, thank you all both so much for, uh, for making the art that you make. Uh, Emily, Jimmy, uh, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Right on. You too. Thanks so much, man. My thanks to Emily and James metric. The new album is called Formentera. Thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Again, if you enjoyed this one, please hit that subscribe button. You'll get three brand new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Red Circle, Audible, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spans, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 
at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. That's uh, Facebook, Instagram, mostly on Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. That's the address. I do hope you like and follow. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. (laughs) It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.